Lord's Day 26, page 228. Something so dear to our Lord Jesus that he instituted it himself when he said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go therefore, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the Great Commission, Lord's Day 26, look at the meaning of baptism here, and then we'll turn to Colossians 2 afterward. Page 883 in the back of your songbooks. Page 883. How does holy baptism remind and assure you that Christ's one sacrifice on the cross benefits you personally in this way? Christ instituted this outward washing and with it, promised that as surely as water washes away the dirt from the body, so certainly his blood and spirit wash away my soul's impurity, that is, all my sins. What does it mean to be washed with Christ's blood and spirit? To be washed with Christ's blood means that God by grace has forgiven our sins because of Christ's blood poured out for us in his sacrifice on the cross. To be washed with Christ's spirit means that the Holy Spirit has renewed and sanctified us to be members of Christ so that more and more we die to sin and live holy and blameless lives. Where does Christ promise that we're washed with his blood and spirit as surely as we're washed with the water of baptism? In the institution of baptism where he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This promise is repeated when Scripture calls baptism the washing of regeneration and the washing away of sins. Now let's turn in our Bibles to Colossians 2. Colossians 2, page 1169. Page 1169, we'll read verses 8 through 15. Page 1169, Colossians 2, 8 through 15. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. Verses 11 and 12 are really what we want to focus on as our text. In him, in Christ, also you were circumcised. You were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Those two verses, 11 and 12. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, 
God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of that debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. This is God's word. It's a beautiful word and a good word for us. May he bless it. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, I love baptisms. Of course, I love my own baptism, though I don't remember it. And I love doing baptisms and having such a front row seat to it, putting my hands in the water. But I also love seeing baptisms from the pew. I love baptisms. Why? Because it's a picture of the washing that Christ has provided and that I need to apply to my life every day because I get dirty every day. And I face trouble every day. Every person needs to wash every day. That's true for the body, but that's true for the soul. And in baptism, the Lord Jesus Christ focuses us on the gospel of Christ's death and resurrection for our salvation. And he says, look at me. Look at me. Because there's so much to pull us away from him. Think of all the sad things like political scandals, broken marriages, worries about our children, financial pressures, diseased livestock, cancer, so many things to get us down, discouraged, and hopeless. There's the sad things. Then there are the fun things like vacations and boats and gaming and sports and snowmobiling and so many good things, but they can take your heart captive and drag you away from Christ like thorns wrap themselves around the grain plant and choke it out. There's the sad things or the fun things and then there's the bad things, pornography, anger, jealousy, gossip, pride, selfishness, losing it on the kids, eating too much thinking evil thoughts and saying evil things about people. Things that derail our walk with Christ and attack our assurance. They're the sad things. They're the fun things. They're the bad things. And Christ, through the word and through baptism and the Lord's Supper, pulls us back to the center Look at me so you don't despair, so you don't lose your hope. Look at me. That's the purpose of the sacraments, to put our focus on Christ and the gospel, forgiveness of sins and eternal life, and the one sacrifice that he's offered for us on the cross. And that's what we want to do this afternoon. Look at Christ through baptism. Look at Christ. Baptism is the circumcision of Christ. We want to see that it points to his circumcision, that it's connected to his burial and connected to his resurrection. It's the circumcision of Christ. 
It's about burial in Christ. It's about resurrection in Christ. That's the meaning of baptism. But the first thing that Paul says here in Colossians 2, baptism is circumcision. Paul says that to the newly planted congregation in Colossae, a mixed congregation of Jewish and Gentile Christians, recently converted to Christ. They had been baptized, and he says, in him, in Christ also, you were circumcised. And you say, what? I thought Paul wasn't doing that. I thought he wasn't doing circumcisions as a religious symbol, a sign of the covenant. That's a sign of the old covenant. The bloody sign of the cutting off of a piece of skin called the foreskin that Abraham and Ishmael and Isaac received. Did the Christians at Colossae really receive the old covenant mark of belonging to God's covenant people? Were they really circumcised? Well, no and yes. No, they were not physically circumcised in terms of the outward sign. But yes, they were circumcised, look at verse 12, when they were buried with him in baptism. They were circumcised when they were baptized into Christ. Baptism is circumcision. Baptism is New Testament circumcision, but it's a special kind of circumcision. Described in Colossians 2 verse 11, just look at verse 11 alone in three ways. Number one, it's a circumcision made without hands. It's not the physical kind done with a knife that Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac received. It's not the bloody kind of circumcision done in the old covenant, but it's a spiritual circumcision. Baptism is spiritual circumcision, not done with hands. Secondly, baptism is a deep circumcision that is the putting off of the body of the flesh. It's getting rid of the whole sinful nature. That's what the flesh means here. The whole body of the sinful nature, the whole business. The whole sinful nature that controls and runs and seeks to ruin your life and getting a new life, a whole new life. So it's a circumcision made without hands. It's a putting off of this sinful nature, getting rid of the sinful nature. And thirdly, verse 11, it's the circumcision of Christ. It's a new form of circumcision that Christ instituted when he instituted baptism. It's a new form of circumcision that he instituted when he himself got circumcised on the cross. His whole body was cut off in death for sin. So is circumcision really done away with in the New Testament? Again, yes and no. Yes, the outward form is done away with. The bloody sign is abolished. Jesus' shedding of blood puts an end to all shedding of blood. No more circumcision as an outward sign standing for entrance into the covenant. So yes, it's done away with in the outward sign. But it's not done away with. In its meaning, the spiritual reality, the meaning of circumcision remains with us in Christ. And you know what? 
circumcision isn't done at all. It's fulfilled and it continues in baptism. All that circumcision stands for in the old covenant is accomplished by Christ and now seen in baptism. Now, some people just separate circumcision and baptism. Circumcision was an outward physical sign that was a badge of being Jewish, a national badge. Whereas baptism, they say, is an inward spiritual sign or a sign of an inward spiritual reality of new life. That's false. Both circumcision in the Old Covenant and baptism in the New Covenant point to an inward spiritual reality of new life in Christ. That's why Paul says to the Colossians, in him you were circumcised. You received the circumcision of Christ when you were baptized. Because circumcision and baptism mean the same thing, brothers and sisters. They mean the same thing. Already in the Old Testament, circumcision was a sign of new life. Cutting off the old man, the old self, the sinful nature. And receiving a new nature, a new life by God's grace. I'm going to give you three passages to prove that. Listen, Romans 2, 28 and 29. Romans 2, 28 and 29. Paul says... In the new covenant about circumcision in the old covenant, no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. Circumcision is a matter of the heart. It's not a national badge about bloodlines, Jewishness. It's an outward picture of an inward spiritual reality. That's verse 1. The next one is Deuteronomy 10 verse 16 where Moses says to Israel, circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and don't be stubborn anymore. Circumcise the foreskin of your heart. Inward circumcision, new heart. Deuteronomy 10 16. And the third verse Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, that you may live. A circumcised heart where the stubborn heart is cut off, done away with. And a new heart that loves God and lives for God is brought in its place. Circumcision. And baptism means the exact same thing. It's a sign and seal of putting off the body of the flesh. And receiving the new life of Christ. These two different signs, circumcision and baptism, have one meaning. And the same rich spiritual meaning. Both point to God's gracious gift of the washing away of sin and new life in Christ. And that's why Paul says to these baptized Colossian Christians, in Christ you were circumcised when you were baptized. Baptism is Christian 
circumcision. So, brothers and sisters, as Christians, we are circumcised when we're baptized. We are circumcised just like Abraham. Even though the outward sign has changed, we're circumcised just like Abraham. And the Colossian Christians and we need to know that in Christ, we have everything circumcision meant. They thought, "Uh uh-oh, we're doing away with circumcision. We're losing something. We're losing a certain spiritual power that brings us close to God. If we throw that away and have baptism into Christ, oh no. Paul says, that's wrong. You're actually getting, when you're united to Christ by faith, when you're spiritually baptized, you're getting everything that circumcision stands for. You're getting all that God has promised in his covenant of grace. You're not lacking anything in him. We want to see secondly... As circumcision in Christ, baptism points to the doing away, the getting rid of the old self, the sin self, the washing away of sin. And then later we'll see the other side. Baptism It's a sign and seal of getting a new life in Christ, being raised with him in newness of life. So then, it points to being united to his burial, to the putting away of the sinful self. Look again at Colossians 2, verse 11 and 12. In him, in Christ also, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ here. Having been buried with him in baptism through faith in the powerful working of God. Baptism is a sign and seal of being joined to Christ's grave. Joined to his death and burial. It's a sign and seal of that spiritual reality. The blood and spirit of Christ washing away all my soul's impurities, that is all my sins being thrown into the grave, getting rid of it. Yes, in the water of baptism, God reminds me and assures me all your sins are gone. They're nailed to Christ, they're killed in Christ, and they're buried with Christ in his tomb. Your sin went with him where he went, and it's gone, and you bear it no more. And that's something that we need to take hold of every day. Remember your baptism. It stands for your circumcision. Getting rid of the old self. Getting rid of your sin. In Christ's death on the cross and his burial. It means forgiveness. Christ bore your sins in his body on the tree and took them into the tomb. And by his precious blood, your sin is so fully dealt with in the death of Christ that it lies dead and buried in his tomb and it can't 
haunt you anymore. Forgiveness. It's washed away. I need this. I need to know this every day. And there's more even in this burial with Christ. It's not only about forgiveness, but when Jesus buried, or your old self was buried with Jesus in the tomb, the power of your sinful nature was also destroyed. The old self no longer controls you or rules you. Washed means not only that God has forgiven all your sins, but he's killed the power of sin in your life so you can say no to it. You have that. Let the water remind you, brothers and sisters, that you're forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. You go where the water points you to Jesus. You trust in him. And you're forgiven. But you're also strengthened to conquer the old self which still tries to take over. You're strengthened to say no to sin. To say no to temptation. I wonder if you struggle with sin. Yes, you do. I do too. Do you ever worry that God might not forgive you? Your sins rise up against you. They accuse you. They torment you. They tell you you're not worthy of God. Do you ever struggle against overwhelming temptation to become bitter, to be unforgiving, not to let go of the grudge? Temptation to worry constantly to be unthankful, to be complaining, to envy, to lust with your eyes or your mind. Look at your baptism. All you have in Christ, forgiveness, but also power to say no to that old self. It's buried. You have his blood and you have his spirit. Sometimes we access that first gift, forgiveness. Lord, forgive all my sins. But we don't as often often access the power of the Spirit to say no to sin and say, no, my baptism tells me the old self has been done away with and no longer rules me. So I'm going to say no to that bitterness that is creeping into my soul, that evil, malicious thought against somebody that wants to make me want to say something I shouldn't. I'm going to say no. Do we access that power of the Spirit of Christ against sin, promised to us, given to us in Christ? We're complete in Christ. The weak are made powerful in him. You know, this was really the heart of the Colossian problem. That's what Paul's dealing with. They think that Jesus doesn't have everything they need to be forgiven and to have a good, healthy relationship with God. 
They believed that in order truly to take care of their sin problem, they had to add the old Mosaic laws to their lives. The food laws, the clean and unclean laws. Don't touch this, don't touch that. They had to add physical circumcision on top of baptism. They had to add rules about fasting and beating up their bodies. If they slept on a cold, hard floor instead of a nice, comfortable mattress, they would get closer to God and atone for some of their sins. If they ate dry black bread instead of tasty oat and wheat bread with jam, they had more power to fight temptation. All these rules of human works, they thought, that'll give us power to fight sin. Wrong. Baptism tells you Christ has everything you need. Trust in him. Go there. Don't go to yourself. Go there. Stop taking your eyes off Christ. Stop looking at your own rules which give you no power at all over your sin. Because all that God has promised you in circumcision is found in Christ. Everything. Third thing is baptism is not only about a picture, a sign and seal that the old self has been done away with, sin washed away. But a new life has taken its place. We're raised in Christ. Look again at Colossians 2, 11 and 12. In him you also were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which, in which baptism you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. It doesn't only mean the old self is buried with Christ in the tomb, dead and gone, sin done away with. It also means the new self has taken its place, you're risen with Christ. Remember the meaning of circumcision? Circumcise your heart and no longer be stubborn. That's the old self being put in the tomb. But remember how Moses added later, the Lord will circumcise your heart so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind? Doesn't just represent putting away the stubborn heart, but receiving the new heart of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And you receive what? The forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Life. When Christ washes you, brothers and sisters, he not only removes the dirt, but he makes you clean and holy. Just like taking a shower. You know that two things are going to happen. At the same time, you go in dirty, you come out clean. You go in dirty, you come out clean. Dirt is washed away, the body's like new. Old is done away with, the new has come. Baptism is a picture of that. In Christ's death, the old is done away within his resurrection, the new has come. You're new. That's why it's called the washing of regeneration. 
Listen to the baptismal language in Ezekiel 36. I will sprinkle clean water on you, God says to his people. And you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Put my spirit within you so you walk in the ways of the Lord. Baptism is a reminder, brothers and sisters, of how rich we are in Christ. The old is gone, buried with Jesus in the tomb. The new has come, raised with Jesus on Easter Sunday. A brother in Christ told me recently, you know what my problem is, Pastor? I see all the problems and the hardships and the sins in my life and I complain but I forget to see the riches of God in my life and rejoice then I need to give myself a kick well let your baptism give you a kick let it remind you that you're rich in Christ you have forgiveness you have strength to conquer temptation and sin but you also have new life you have the Holy Spirit living within you You have access to all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Which is a complete recipe for a godly life. And in baptism, the water of baptism, Jesus says, come to me. I've got that new clean life for you. Ask Christ to fill you with these fruits, with the Spirit, so you may love the Lord your God and you may love your wife and your husband and your children and your brother and your sister and your prime minister and your employer and your employee and your neighbor. Jesus has it. He has it. He's got the death of the old. He's got the new life. It's all in him. The water says he's got dirt off. He's got come out clean for you. Water baptism itself can't give us these realities, can they? Can it? It's only through faith. It's only through faith. If you don't use your baptism and don't use the promises and the blessings it proclaims, if you don't look at the Christ pictured in baptism and just carry baptism as a card in your pocket that gives you access to God, you'll never be saved. Because the card, the water, can't save you. It's not a rabbit's foot that'll give you security. Christ is your security. And baptism advertises and promotes and says, look to Christ. Through baptism, Jesus says, look at me, look at me. Jesus gave us the sign. He never gives empty things. He never gives useless things. 
It's powerful because of the message it communicates. Washing, washing, washing. And it's a message we need every day. I need washing. Because of all the sad things, all the fun things, all the bad things can get me distracted. And then I need to go back to the center. I need to regain my focus. I need to listen to my baptism. Go to Christ. There's washing in him. Dirt off. Clean life. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you that in baptism, you give us a clear picture of what we have in Christ. Help us to use this picture well. Use it to remind us of what we have in Christ and to assure us that these gifts are ours for sure, without a doubt. Father, when we ignore our baptism, when we don't use it, when we just stick it in our pocket and carry it around as a false assurance, Show us again how badly we need you and how badly we need the washing that you've provided in your death and resurrection by your blood and spirit and draw us to you and use our baptism to remind us and assure us of all the riches we have in Christ. How full, how complete, how eternally safe we are in you. Amen.